Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here on the SRS Wrestling Channel bringing you something that is absolutely not wrestling. Uh, this is uh, the UFC 245 post show. Let me make sure this mic is hooked up. We're good. Had to make sure it wasn't coming in through my uh, webcam audio. It is 2.03 a.m. Eastern, and UFC 245 just ended you gotta expect this with three title fights. Oh, it was such a good show, though. It was such a good event. We have one new UFC champion, and we have many things to talk about. Hopefully, you guys leave a thumbs up. You subscribe. You watch this and the other videos. Uh, I'll be frank with you guys. I got to 1,000 subscribers. Got to hit 4,000 watch hours to monetize this channel, uh, but... We're still waiting for information about the, the Fightful accounts. Hopefully they'll be restored, but I'm keeping this channel. I kind of like having this as an option. I kind of like having this here. You guys seem to have found it pretty well, so uh, a big thank you to all of you who are, are watching right now and watched UFC 245. It was, it was a fun show. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I don't need seven hours of MMA or six and a half hours of MMA or whatever it was. It was... Okay, it was seven and a half hours of MMA. I don't need that. I don't need that. There were a lot of fights on here that didn't need to happen. But that being said, this is a pretty good show. You had Soriano starching Oscar Picota. Uh, early on, I would advise for you guys to watch this. It was uh, Soriano just chucking and ducking after about three minutes left and rights. Almost all of them connected. This is just really fantastic. He put Capota, or Picota out completely. I would say that Oscar Picota is probably done in the UFC. You had Jessica I split decisioning, Viviane Arajal. Uh, Arajal looked really good. And here's the thing. Good win for Jessica I, but what does it mean? What does it mean when you are contracted to fight at 125 pounds and you show up? You show up at 131 pounds. No. The win doesn't mean anything to me. Technically, she looked pretty good. 
I had her winning the fight. But when you show up and you blow weight that much, and the first thing you says, say is, Joe Rogan, you, you haven't had me on your podcast yet. Make weight. Make weight, then have an impressive performance, and maybe, maybe he'll ask you to be on there. But still probably not. Still probably not. No offense to Jessica I. She's a very interesting woman. Very, uh, I, I, I like watching her interviews. She's very blunt. But also, she better stop winning fights or else the UFC might carmouche her for knocking off prospects like this. Vivian Arajal, quite frankly, can fight at straw weight too if, the, if she's not suited to fight flyweights or if she's not suited to fight bantamweights at flyweight. You'll have that too. This is a top five fight. Second fight on the early prelims. This is a loaded show. You had another top 10 fight. Brandon Moreno. I think top five fight as well. In just a depleted, depleted flyweight division. Brandon Moreno defeated Kai Kara France. Uh, Kara France found a lot of success with his right hand early. But Moreno got inside. Um... Kaikara France goes to the body and legs a lot more, but Moreno is able to land to the head a little bit more. Uh, Kara France ended up with like a strike, a, a little bit of a striking total advantage, but this is just a, a lot of fun to watch. Until the main event, this was probably winning fight of the night. It was really, really good. Brandon Moreno just pushed through a little bit harder and got the win. Uh, Moreno got cut last year and got brought back to the UFC in September and looked great. And the thing is, he might not have got a shot in the UFC to begin with if there wasn't a late notice replacement that he had to step in for after he got eliminated from tough. So things, even when things don't go his way, things go his way. Let's talk about Chase freaking Hooper. Guy was born in 1999. By that time I was already thinking, oh, what am I going to do with my life? He wasn't even born yet. That means next year we're probably going to see our first fighter in UFC history born in the 2000s. That's nuts. Kind of kind of a bummer we won't see that in uh, this decade, but eh, whatever. This is, uh, this is a good performance, man. Chase Hooper had to take some from Daniel Tamer to uh, basically octopus him and take the back. Rear naked choke is locked in. Somehow Tamer gets out and ground and pound ends up finishing it. Uh, Tamer has lost three or four in the UFC. He's probably done. So is Oscar Pakota, who we talked about a little bit earlier. But you you all need to watch Chase Hooperman. This was his debut. And he looks like he's going to be real good. If he develops, if he develops more and gets more well-rounded, he's going to be one you got to watch out for. He's already been fighting a few years, even though he's just 20 years old. Chase Hooper made an impression on me. Go check him out. Matt Brown absolutely blasts Ben Saunders. Uh, yeah, I was in the house for Eric Silva versus Matt Brown, and that's a rare Cincinnati UFC show. And now I know they're completely different scenarios. Don't don't get me wrong, but that day was the day before Aroldis Chapman returned to Great American Ballpark after being struck in the face of the line drive. I was there for both of them. Now, obviously, open air, different size crowds, all that stuff. The night before, whether it be the roof, the environment, whatever, Matt Brown 
beating Eric Silva got a bigger pop than the Aroldis Chapman thing. And the Aroldis Chapman thing was a big pop. Uh, so I've seen the type of following that Matt Brown has and the type of reaction he can conjure up. And I wondered if he should even be fighting. And we thought he was done for a while. But I think Ben Saunders is done, at least in the UFC. I think he's lost three or four in a row. He's lost like five or six or seven. Uh, he's got to be done. He plays a very 2005 game a little too much. Who do you see pulling guard in the UFC? It's It doesn't work anymore, man. It doesn't work. You know what you never see anymore in the UFC? You never see anybody pulling guard. You almost never see anybody closing guard unless they're content to just throw elbows from the bottom. Like, that's really it. Like, I think, like, in the GSP Bisping fight, you saw it a little bit. But, man. Yeah, as Joseph Boza says, Matt Brown's probably going to get booked on the Nganu-Rosenstrike card in Columbus. Uh, so, that's that's something to keep your eye on. Cody Garbrandt's set for that show. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to it. I have a lot of people asking me. I've got to see. Wrestling always takes priority over MMA. MMA doesn't exactly pay my bills, unfortunately. But Matt Brown gets a win. And uh, Matt Brown had not fought since 2017. He was back in action. And, you know, it's good to see him back in action. Because for a while, it looked like he was done, too. There there have been a couple times where it looked like Matt Brown was done. Before he got to the UFC, it looked like he was done. He was a middle-of-the-road fighter. And even when he got into the UFC, he was a middle-of-the-road fighter. But in 2010, I thought he was done. I thought when he got submitted in the second round, three straight fights by Almeida, Lytle, Foster. You know, those are, if you can't beat them, you're not going to make it in the top, top names of the division. He came back and he beat John Howard, but then he got tapped out in the second round again by Seth Bazinski. And then his career just changed, man. His career changed. He had that wicked 2012 where he won four fights. He came back, he won two in 2013, he beat Eric Silva in that fight I mentioned to you, and got to a UFC title eliminator, but he missed weight. And this, uh, the Matt Brown that we had seen after that wasn't the one winning knockout of the night, fight of the night, performance of the night, but uh, he came back in 2017 after he took a while off, and he's had two years off, so I Hey, he's got back-to-back wins. That means he's got a new lease on life. That means if Matt Brown wants to fight three or four more times, he's going to get those fights because the UFC knows that he's worth it. Ian Heinish's number 10 ranking wasn't worth it. Now, now I I was high on Ian, Ian Heinish before this fight, but he should not have been ranked number 10 over Omari Madoff, who went into this fight unbeaten in his last five fights. Ian Heinish was like 2-1, and one, I think, in the UFC at that point. And like I said, a lot of upside on him. But Akhmedov took this fight. He won it. He landed a pretty good takedown. I'm fine with that. Talk about the shocker of the night. Irene Aldana, number 10, defeated number 2, Caitlin Vieira via KO. Now, this is a tale of two different fighters. Caitlin Vieira was the hot new talent on the block. Quite frankly... If she already wanted a title fight at 145, she could have had it. But she wanted to fight at 135, adamant about that, and was very close to a title fight, quite frankly. 
uh, he, she was right there. Had she won this, Caitlin Vieira is probably getting that title fight against Amanda Nunes next. Cause she beat, she beat, uh, Sarah McMahon and Kat Zingano back to back. This was it. This would have been her fifth straight win in the UFC. Done. Irene Aldana came into the UFC, uh, as a highly touted Invicta fighter. Now, I'm not going to pretend she was a world beater. She wasn't. She lost to Larissa Pacheco in Brazil. She lost to Tanya Evinger in Invicta. But all the way through there, like she was having fight of the nights and performance of the nights and all that stuff. She stepped into the UFC and she lost her first two fights. Uh, one of them was a fight of the night and the other one was to Caitlin Chikagian via split decision. So it's like, all right, Caitlin Chikagian, one of the best in the world. All right. Then she reeled off three straight wins, then lost a split to Raquel Pennington. Came back, beat Vanessa Mello. So they put her in there with Caitlin Vieira. I don't think UFC expected Irene Aldana to beat Caitlin Vieira. I don't think so. And uh, she did. She knocked Caitlin Vieira dead, man. She cracked Vieira and knocked her cold. She's won five of six. And the thing is, like, maybe she gets that shot against Amanda Nunes next. You got, you got Aspen Lad. You got Aspen Lad there, and I'd be okay with that. But if she beats the woman who was set to compete for the title, probably at least, probably, Set to compete for the title. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm taking a look at Irene Aldana's decision to see how those went before this. Because uh, Pennington did beat her and Chikagian beat her. And uh, the thing is, like, Irene Aldana doesn't even have the buzz or didn't have the buzz going into this fight that she had coming out of Invicta. But she does now. She does now. Make no mistake, she definitely has that buzz now because she knocked out a woman who wasn't the golden girl or anything. But as I look, most media had her beating Caitlin Chikagian. Now, most fans, 53 to 46%, had Chikagian winning. So that's how close that fight was. You can't just say, all right, you know what? She's got all these losses on her record, yada, yada, yada. And... 62% of fans had her beating Pennington, uh, almost the opposite for media. So she was in all those fights. I think Irene Aldana is the one to compete for this title. If not, if it's Aspen Ladd, whatever. Jeff Neal, number 14, crushed Mike Perry. Mike Perry's coasting off those like early wins in the UFC that he got when he was willing to fight anybody. They almost let this guy fight Darren Teal. Ah, I think they probably still should just for shits and gigs. But Neil said after he crushed Mike Perry that he knows he's going to need a couple more wins before he gets a title fight. Uh, Cormier is pleading with Sean Shelby to set up a fight with Santiago Ponzinibbio. And I love that. Jeff Neal, man, he is next level. Athleticism. athleticism easy for me to say. Athleticism. Sorry, it's 2.15 in the morning. He's what the UFC wanted out of Dana White's Contender Series, man. <laughs> and this guy used to bounce back and forth between like welterweight and middleweight and all that stuff. 
he has really found a home. I mean, beating Bilal Muhammad, Nico Price, and Mike Perry back-to-back-to-back, that's solid. Get him some top 15 names now. That's what I want. He had a great 2019. Three wins. That's solid, man. Had some uh, fantastic uh, head kicks. Or a head kick. Uh, uh, I think he beat Nico Price via punches. But he's got some nice finishes to his credit. Like, he's already got a highlight reel, man. He's already got a highlight reel. He's got the TKO from Contender Series. The rear naked choke against Kamozi. The head kick from Camacho. Uh, the TK over Nico Price and <laughs> the TK over Perry. That's like six finishes in <laughs> two years. This guy's gotten two and a half years, I think. Uh, phenomenal. Peter Jan or Pietra Jan crushed Uriah Faber. This fight was designed for Jan to make a name off of Uriah Faber. Make no mistake, right? Come on. We know the drill here. I I don't know if Faber knew the deal, but he should have. Hey, he came back and he looked good. He beat Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone's real good. But, mm, man. Mm, man. Peter Jan looked really good. And this Bantamweight division looks really good. How about that? You got Marlon Marias doing great things, uh, even after he lost to Cejudo. He's back on track. You got Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sanhagen, Jan. I'm liking it, man. I'm liking it. Dominic Cruz ever going to fight again? Hell, I don't know. Mm. Faber, like, sold these punches heavily. He was reacting uh, pretty dramatically to these strikes. In round two, he ate the canvas, he being favor, pronouns, pal. Got busted open. The referee even stopped the action, checked the cut. Faber's good to go, relatively speaking, but round three, Jan breaks off a clinch and lands a head kick and finishes the fight, man. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, Faber should retire, Faber should retire. Nah. Nah. Why? Why, if he wants to sit there and he wants to make six figures and the UFC wants to pay him six figures and he wants to fight guys in the 10 to 15 range, I'd rather watch him than some absolute scrub. I'd rather watch Liz Carmouche than some absolute scrub too. Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Uh, also, as R. Hath brings up, Faber knew the deal but knew if he somehow won possible title shot. That's an excellent point. Uriah Faber comes back. He's re-energized. He beats Ricky Simone. He beats Jan. Okay, sure. That's grounds for giving the guy another title fight. You know it is. You know it is. That's the way UFC does business. Can't blame him. Marlon Morice, number one, defeated Jose Aldo via split decision. Now, there was a lot of controversy all around this fight from... The decision to Jose Aldo cutting to 135, he made the weight, and he didn't look emaciated. He didn't look, he didn't look terrible. He didn't look out of his depth. This was a very close fight, and I want everybody in the live chat to let me know how they felt. Jose Aldo and the fan scoring 61%, Marias 35.9%. 
draw 2.8%. Media scores had it right down the middle. 9 to 9. I did not submit mine. I probably had it all though. But I'm not mad at this decision. Marias goes at Aldo very hard because why wouldn't you? If you're Marlon Marias, why wouldn't you check and see, hey, l- l- let's test out Aldo's chin. Let's see if he's got that CSF fluid cushioning his brain from what I'm about to, to rock his dome with. Aldo got aggressive and landed big strikes. but got taken down at the end of that first round. Both guys traded huge power strikes in round two. Aldo would go to the body. Marias would go to the head. Uh... Aldo remained on offense and pressured him and, and and looked good at 135. I'm sure that the cuts to 135 aren't like a grand idea or anything, but he worked well. And I had Aldo slightly edging this out, and I'm not mad at you if you had Marlon Marais winning this either. This was just a good fight in a night full of good fights. A few fights that went to decision that I was like, you know what, I'm cool with it. I'm all right with it, man. This is one of them. Now, here's the thing. If Jose Aldo got knocked out, he was going to come back and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to play soccer or competitive foosball or box or something like that after he just said he was going to fight for like 20 more years. I'm down for him fighting 20 more years, too. I'm down for these guys making money, man. That's what they want to do. And I got to cover one less absolute jobber on a UFC show than I am. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Ecstatic. <laughs> Marlon Marais picks up the win. That That is a bounce back from his loss to Henry Cejudo, who is riding the pine right now. And quite frankly, Cejudo's next fight should be Joseph Benavidez. That's who it should be. Shouldn't be anybody else. I know Jan called him out. Sure. I know Marais wants, wants that shot again. That ain't happening. Not right now. But... If Cejudo does fight Benavidez, then I could see them doing an interim title. I could see them doing an interim title. Uh, please leave a thumbs up, guys. Reminder, if you want to support what I do on Fightful.com, subscribe to Fightful Select. Uh, tonight I ran a live blog for this UFC show. Uh, no discussion in there yet, but I- I'm all for it. Also, we have a great community over at Fightful.com for our MMA stuff. Uh, a lot of uh, live comments, we do pickums and all that stuff, but subscribing to FightfulSelect.com is the most direct way to support what we do at Fightful. I'm posting breaking news there all the time. We've got like probably 20, 25 extra podcasts a month on that service. Uh, and if you all ever want me to add like an MMA news show to that and you're willing to subscribe to it, I'll do it. I'll do it. I know some of you missed the MMA show. Uh, just wasn't wasn't bringing in the revenue for us accordingly, but hey, if, if enough people ask for it on Fightful Select, I'll do a, a weekly MMA news show. It, it is primarily pro wrestling, but FightfulSelect.com. 
UFC Bantamweight Championship, Amanda Nunes defeated Jermaine Durandamy. Scorecards will not tell the story of this one. Now, this was interesting for a couple reasons. One, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. Should we? Well, let's walk down her resume, shall we? Because she's incredible. She's incredible. She has beaten every UFC featherweight and bantamweight champion. She's beaten every Bellator featherweight champion. She has also beaten the current flyweight champion in the UFC, also former NXT and WWE Raw Women's Champions. Unbelievable. She is the dual holder of the featherweight and bantamweight championships. Since 2015, she has beaten Shayna Baszler, Sarah McMahon, Valentina Shevchenko twice, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, and now Jermaine Durandamy twice. Oh, by the way, like nine years ago, she beat Julia Budd, who is reigning supreme in Bellator. Absolute, just, she's amazing. Amazing. With like five performance of the nights in this last run, too. Uh, she has successfully defended her women's bantamweight championship five times. The next time will be the sixth that will tie her with Ronda Rousey. However, she has tied Ronda Rousey by winning seven UFC championship fights. Now, I, you got to be fair to Ronda Rousey there. Because Ronda Rousey is actually a little bit ahead of her in that regard. Because uh, Amanda Nunes has defended her title five times. She won it, so that's six. And then she won the featherweight title, that's seven. Ronda Rousey defended her championship in the UFC, I think, six times. But she also defended it one time in uh, in Strike Force and one time. Yeah, she defended it one time in Strike Force and won it in Strike Force. So actually, Amanda Nunes has passed. Ronda Rousey in the UFC for championship wins. But as far as that, the lineage of like those titles go, you know, you kind of got to give Amanda Nunez or got to give Rousey the nod for, for the time being. But Nunez was playing the wrestling game, which we don't see a ton out of from her. Uh, she was able to take Durandamy down early and apply to guillotine after a scramble. Uh, Durandamy was able to land a, a bunch or a punch uh, upon the exit and clamp down well off that takedown defense or takedown uh, exit. But it uh, gets taken down again. Now, here's the thing. Amanda Nunes dominated about 80% of this fight and it was on the ground. But about one time around, whether it be a triangle... Or an up kick. Or something else. Durandamy kept on threatening. There was this weird stand-up early. Weird stand-up early. Nunez is on top, throwing punches at the ribs of Durandamy. Those do damage, man. They do damage. And the ref stands him up. Durandamy immediately grabs a clinch and wails away on Nunez. That was malpractice from the referee. I know a lot of people didn't like them calling the ref out for that, but man, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because that was that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, Durandamy threatened at least one time per round. And Durandamy's alright. Don't get me wrong. 
Thing is, I don't think she beat Holly Holm. I think Holly Holm won that fight. However, she beat Aspen Ladd. She beat Raquel Pennington. Those are good wins. Julia Budd, that's a good win. I think the win over Aspen Ladd is what's keeping Aspen Ladd from a title shot. Really. That's why I think that Aldana is likely closer to Aspen Ladd because Aspen Ladd got TKO'd in 16 seconds few months ago. Better watch out. Might get fired for beating contenders, though. That's what happens. Especially once you, you've proven that you're not going to be the champion or you're going to be featherweight champion and not continue to fight. My God. UFC featherweight championship. Max Holloway. I got to type this in. Apologies. <laughs> Max Holloway uh, is defeated. By Alexander Volkanovsky. I love it. I mean, I, I, nothing against Max Holloway. Good for... Yeah, he, he He had a great run. He's... Uh, you know, a lot of people throwing around the greatest of all time thing. Now, here's the thing. I think that Max Holloway defeated the greatest of all time. And I'm not trying to take anything away from... from Max Holloway's accomplishments at all. He has had an insane run as featherweight champion. However, his featherweight championship reign started three years ago with the interim title. He beat Jose Aldo twice. He beat Ortega once. He beat Edgar once. Okay. He had a very good run leading up to that. But Jose Aldo's run as featherweight champion... That lasted like six years, man. I don't know how you can just minimize that based on recency bias and because the guy's gone downhill a little bit. And he won it again later. The guy beat Frankie Edgar, Korean Zombie, Chad Mendez, Kenny Florian, Uriah Faber. I... I I don't get it. I think Max Holloway's a fantastic champion, and he beat Jose Aldo. But I don't think just because you beat the best that there ever was that you become the best that there ever was. You become the best that there is when you do that. Well, Alexander Volkanovsky is the best that there is. He had a reach advantage despite the big height discrepancy. Uh, at least according to UFC numbers. Volkanovski attacks the, the left leg exceptionally well, caused Holloway to change stance. And this was something that we hadn't seen uh, happen to Holloway quite as much. This was a really good back-and-forth chess match early on, but Volkanovski got the upper hand. He's fresh. He's not tired. He's, he's switching up punches inside and outside leg kicks, body kicks. Late in the fourth, Max switches back to his original stance and just deals with the pain, trying to, to give himself a chance. They're talking trash to each other. Man, I, the day that we can get UFC fighters mic'd up somehow. I wish. I wish. Max just kind of deals with the leg kicks to try to put himself back into the fight. And I got to give him credit. A lot of people wouldn't do that. But Alexander Volkanovsky won this fight with leg kicks, and he earned it. 
And the UFC, boy, do they have a contingent in Australia and New Zealand now. They they got they got it made out there right now. They're doing all right. They got Rob Whitaker. They got Israel Adesanya. They got uh, they got Volkanovski. They're doing good in Australia right now. Even tied to Ivasa. They got tied to Ivasa, who is is going to be what he is. He's very very raw and has lost three in a row. But I mean, like they showed him on TV tonight doing a shoey. So you know what I'm saying. It's just that that's what they're. They got Dan Hooker too. Like they got a lot of names that they can throw on these shows and do really well with. Megan Anderson too. It, you can main card right there. Dan Hooker, Megan Anderson, Adesanya, uh, Whitaker, Volkanovski. That that's a you could put two titles on the line in that show. Volkanovski had an outstanding performance. Reminder, follow Jeremy Lambert at Jeremy Lambert 88 He is doing the Lord's work tonight and covering the UFC press conference. He says, Colby suffering a broken jaw is a blessing. It sure is because that means that the press conference will be much, much shorter. And let me tell you, we're spread thin this weekend, my friends. <laughs> NWA into the fire. Make sure you all go chi- uh, check out that show. It's on Mr. Warren Hayes' channel. Everybody who subscribed to me, do me a solid. Subscribe to Mr. Warren Hayes' channel, too. I'd love for him to be able to monetize his personal channel as well. That way, anytime he goes live with Warren Hayes Super Live, he can make a little bit of money off that. Help supplement his income a little bit. Would be greatly appreciated. I don't think anybody understands how important that stuff is. Because right now, I can't monetize this channel now, even though I've got 1,000 subscribers until I get... um, Until I get... 4,000 watch hours. Marias isn't sure what Aldo will do next. He's talking at the press conference. Uh, he says that he wants to fight Cruz or Sterling next. He says that Aldo played out or it played out how he expected. Holloway's there with his son, says he hasn't watched the tape, but felt like he did enough and he'll be back. He was not surprised by Volkanovski, but respects how he carried himself before the fight. And he'll sit with his team and Dana to see what's next. Max said he thought he won round three to five, but only three opinions matter. And he will not ask for a rematch or commit to asking for a rematch. Uh, He thought that he was fighting his way, but he thought wrong and said he's ready to go five more rounds. (laughs) And his son shakes his head. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Main event time. How about this, guys? Who told Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington they were allowed to go out and have one of the best fights of the year? I did not expect this. In my preview and in really everything, I thought this was going to absolutely suck. How about no takedowns attempted between Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman? Wow. This was awesome. Important to note that Colby Covington never actually lost his interim championship. He was uh, stripped of it, so to speak. 
So this was effectively a unification without it actually being called one. You could tell that Usman was was very eager to beat Covington in the early going here. They they just started to throw right out of the gate. And it seemed like Covington slightly took that first round to me. And the thing is that Colby has had, I don't want to say pretty striking, but very effective striking in recent fights. Nobody wants to wrestle with him. Nobody, Nobody's worried about the setup to his wrestling. They're just worried about his wrestling, and then he takes advantage of that. Technique here isn't the best, but Usman was landing hard, man. There's a great amount of head movement and slipping. They were just trading. I thought I thought Covington did a much better job utilizing range than Usman did. But then there was a, a like they, you could tell halfway through the fight it was a serious fight of the night contender, and by the end of the fight it was fight of the year contender. Usman stumbled, stumbled Covington towards the end of round two, kept up that pace while while Covington slowed down. But right as it looked like Covington was really slowing down, he just cracked Usman. And quite frankly, may have cost himself the fight or at least his best chance to win that fight. Because at this point, Covington already had a broken jaw. You can see it, and if it wasn't broken, it it was very hurt. I, I can't remember if it was the second or third round, but Covington did this, covering up. Like... He was guarding his jaw like this, and it was for an extended period. And it's like, ah, that's broken. That's broken, bro. It's done. He goes to the corner. I think I have a broken jaw. Yeah, well, yeah, you do, buddy. You do. But good on you for letting them know. Yeah, uh, the guts of Covington. You can think of what you want about his politics or his character and I don't even want to speak on that, but the guts that that guy has and the determination that that guy has, impressive. Impressive. And the thing is, he landed that barrage of shots on Usman, and he got poked in the eye. Or he poked Usman in the eye. And he tried to say, oh no, it wasn't. It was. It was a pretty egregious, pretty bad poke. You don't come at somebody like this. See, those of you watching at home, you're uncomfortable with this. You're uncomfortable with me doing this at your screen. Imagine. Imagine. It ain't good. Now, he says that he, Covington says that he got poked at the end of the round. He did not get poked at the end of the round. He didn't. It was a punch. Covington with a broken jaw probably has his best round since the first, but Usman ends up finishing Covington. Unbelievable. A must-watch fight. An unbelievable fight. I don't know if Joe Rogan was calling Usman the GOAT, (laughs) but he shouldn't have. Justin says, Sean, can you make a comment on the, the ref not taking a point on that blatant eye poke? Probably should have, to be honest with you. I don't think when you go at somebody's eyes like that, I don't think there should be a warning. Because there was no warning for the person getting poked in the eye. They they weren't warned that somebody was going to poke them in the eye. Didn't happen. Look at Kamara Usman's just reign of terror. He has not lost in the UFC. 
He won two fights on tough, and he is undefeated in the UFC. He's beaten Leon Edwards. He's beaten Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley, Rafael Dos Anjos, Colby Covington. It's a special run, man. Only person to beat him is Jose Caceres, who uh, fought in combate last month and won. Dig him up. Tyron Woodley ain't getting this fight. I did not like that first fight, and he has not fought since. So that ain't happening. I see a lot of people saying, Masvidal, Masvidal. Sure, you could. You could do Masvidal. He's the number three ranked guy. Uh, but if I were the UFC, I would do Masvidal Diaz next, because you know that's guaranteed to bring in the money. That, I mean, sad but true. That's just what I'd do. But if you want to go the, the, the Usman Masvidal route, I'm not mad at that at all. Nate Diaz has any number of people that he can fight. I would love to see, uh, I would love to see more of that. Colby Covington? That's a little bit tougher. Well, one, he's going to be out for a long time. So no use in even talking about it, but. Anybody you match him up with, I would match him up with another really good wrestler to see if you can conjure one of these out of him. See if maybe you can pull another really exciting fight out of him. Because this is the best fight that, that either one of these guys have had in years. And, I mean, look at who Covington beat. Maya, Dos Anjos, Lawler. Man, I'm, I'm tired, guys. <laughs> Speaking of, that was UFC 245. We have plenty of coverage over at FightfulMMA.com. But I want to thank you guys for joining me. I want to thank you guys so much. Um, UFC 245 in the books. It was a great show. It was a great time. A great card headlined by an awesome main event. I, I gotta say, seven and a half hours. It, it didn't feel like seven and a half hours. So, well, probably one of the best shows out of out of the entire year. I hope you guys will join me. Uh, TLC post show will be right here on this channel. Go check out Warren Hayes. Go check out Fightful.com. Till next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.